I'd like to read from Galatians. It is for freedom, for Christ has set us free. Stand firm, then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. What slavery might we struggle with? You, my brothers, were called to be free. Do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Matthew 6. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, that you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. It is not life, is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away as in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about grow, about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed, not, was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, would he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or shall, what shall we drink? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But first, seek the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Good morning. Let's try it again. Good morning. There we go. It is just a joy to be here on this day of celebration. I want to bring you greetings from uh, the church that Jill and I are part of, College Mennonite. Uh, also, but bring your greetings from Everance. And you have a lot of connections here. A lot of my colleagues are here at Everance. And so it's just a joy to be here. Um, and, you know, this is my home church. For some of you who are newer, you might not know that um, I grew up here. I remember a story, and I was greeted by one of uh, the saints here in the church this morning. And I remember a story that she told me when um, I was still pastoring here at Yellow Creek. And she was after a Wednesday evening, and we were, they were commenting on the, the teaching that we had done. And she looked at me, and she said, Kent, you know, I'm just, I'm, I marvel a little bit about who you are today. And I just have to think, I used to change your diaper. <laughs> I don't know if you remember who you were, but uh, that has stuck with me all my life. That's when you're really home, right? Well, I... I um, got a call from Doug a couple months ago to say, hey, can't look at him or I'm going to choke up. Um, I said, hey, he said, hey, would you be willing to do the sermon here this morning? And um, just had a flood of both gratefulness, honor, humbled. Uh, I'm just, I really am truly honored to be able to do this today. And um, 
he, he goes, no, I, I want it to be about God's word, not about me. So I, I will honor that, my friend. Um, but Doug highlighted a few things that I had been thinking about, too, that, you know, we have walked trials in our lives together. And I had to think when Jill and I came up here for the blessing, um, you did not say, you know, and, and friends, right? Well, we're family. Uh, we've been family for, for years and years, and I've been able to interact with the rest of the family that's here in so many wonderful ways. So you all really are uh, part of our family, and we're grateful to be kind of adopted into that group. Um, Doug has shown a pastor's heart since I first knew him back in the high school. Uh, I think it was why I was drawn to him of that, that mutual care about the kids and about um, you know, being the best that we can. And so um, I just, I know that's been so true. Uh, Doug and Dawn together are our best friends and um, more than friends. And so, um, you know, what, what a joy it is to walk life with you and to um, continue to be a part of one another's life, to sit on the porch together sometimes, to take trips together, to do all the things that we love and enjoy, even rooting for Notre Dame together. So <laughs> I have pictures of him with Notre Dame stuff. I'm just going to throw that out there. If you want to see them, I can be, you know, talk to me. Well, Jim, thank you for reading the scripture this morning. Jim has been a good friend for many years as well. And um, I want to start with the Galatians passage that he read it said, it is for freedom that you were set free. Don't be burdened by a yoke of slavery. Freedom, it is for freedom you were set free. It almost sounds redundant, doesn't it? It was for freedom that you were set free. As Paul's talking to us here in Galatians, he's, he's wanting us to understand that there are times when we look at freedom, and I think we don't fully embrace and understand what that means in our lives. But he's also careful to give this, this warning or this caution. He says, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh, or as Jim read, the sinful nature. Now, for most of us, as we've maybe, it's probably not, many of us have not heard this passage. I mean, we've heard it over and over, right? It's not the first time that we've heard this passage of Scripture. And i got to tell you, one of the things that I think we sometimes can get kind of lulled into is this idea that, oh, those things of the flesh, right? Those things of the sinful nature. So that's, you know, I shouldn't sleep with anybody else. I shouldn't lust. I shouldn't. We can list off kind of a little list of things that we think are those other things out there that other people do that we shouldn't get involved in. That's true. It is a part of that. But when we really think about the flesh or the sinful nature of who we are, there's other things that, that come into that. So, so what are some of those other things? Um, what about our own preferences? Do we ever elevate our own preferences or traditions in ways that, that we think somebody else must be terrible or wrong because it's not what I like, it's not what I prefer, it's not what I've always done? See, that's a part of that nature that sometimes wants to raise its head and start building those walls between us and others. And it's for freedom that you were set free, freedom from that type of thing. I have to wonder about our personality flaws. Does anybody here have personality flaws? 
I'm going to be the first. Only a couple of you. Wow. Really? Let's try that again. Does anybody here have a personality flaw potentially? Okay, there we go. All right. Um, you know, one of the things that happens is I think we often dismiss our personality flaws. Well, that's just how I am. It's just who I am. I had a client in this last week, wonderfully sweet lady. She's like 89. And, and one of the things is she is someone who has been a, the classic tale of the worry wart all of her life, right? And, and she's worried about her finances as she's you know, continuing on in her, her elderly years, moving to Greencroft, that kind of thing. And one of the things that really struck me is this is a wonderful woman of faith. And as we talked about that, and I assured her, and I walked down through everything, and I can't disclose because of HIPAA, but I, I, I walked down everything and I said, you, you do not need to worry about your finances. And her comment was, I guess that's just how I am. And that, I've been preparing this sermon, so I was like, wow, now I can't go off and be all pastoral on her now, right? I shouldn't do that. But I, I really had to, to say, you know, I want you to realize you don't need to worry. And scripture is full of passages. Because one of the things that can happen if we get caught up in worry, then we begin to fear, and then we fall into this thinking of our biases being something. And, and here's something I thought of this week, and I want to throw this out here. Because, gentlemen, we tend to fall into this category quite often. Some of the things that we can tend to do is be a problem solver, right? Nothing wrong with problem solving, but my lovely wife, Jill, has needed me to just listen and be there when I really wanted to problem solve. I wanted to fix it for her. And occasionally she said, Kent, I don't need you to say anything. I just need you to be here, right? We can get caught up in that because it seems like a good thing. We're going to focus on the worry part here in a little bit, but I also want to, want to talk about um, where, where it's a little bit further in that passage. It says you should love your neighbor as yourself. And Paul's pulling that from, from what Jesus had said in Matthew 22 in a couple of places, but, but hearing, this is what it says from 20, uh, Matthew 22, verse 37 to 40. It says, hearing what, that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All of the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. When Paul is emphasizing this in Galatians, and when we hear what Jesus shares in the Sermon on the Mount, he says, you are to love God with all of who you are, your heart, your soul, your mind. I would even go so far to say, as with your possessions and with your relationships, you love God with all of you, all of who you are. And love others as yourself. Love your neighbor. I often have to notice that, that Jesus doesn't say, love the neighbor that lives next door to you as yourself. Love the neighbor that sits beside you in the pew as yourself. There's no, there's no caveats. There's no you know, ifs and ands and buts. It's love your neighbor. Love others as yourself. 
Now we look at the passage then in, in uh, talking about worry. Last fall, my wife and I took a trip and we, we heard a song 30, 40, 50 times probably. And it was around the, the issue of worry. And one of the things that I have done in my life, many of you who have known me since I'm younger know that I am very uh, much involved with music. I love music. I, I listen to music. I sing music. I write a little bit here and there. And, and one of the things I started back when I was here at Yellow Creek is I started to listening for what are the words of hope and encouragement that line up with scripture in any song, right? Not just if it's played on the Christian radio or if it's sung by a Christian artist. Is there words of hope and encouragement and, and things that can really encourage us? And I want to sing you a song this morning, and I'm going to, you probably know it, at least many of you will, and I'm going to invite you to join in. But I want to sing this song and um, kind of as a lead-in to this whole idea of what we do or don't do or shouldn't do about worry. A few of you who know me may be getting a little nervous, but that's okay. <clears throat> so when you, when you pick up on it, I want you to go ahead and jump in. We won't sing you know, a, long, a large amount of it. Any clues yet? Don't worry about a thing Cause every little thing is gonna be alright Do you know it? The singing don't worry about a thing Cause every little thing is gonna be alright Rise up this morning Smile with the rising sun Three little birds Perched by my doorstep Singing sweet songs Of melodies pure and true Singing This is my message for you Sing it Singing don't worry About a thing Every little thing is gonna be alright. A singing don't worry about a thing. Cause every little thing is gonna be alright. It's gonna be alright. Now, some of you are probably going, why would you sing a Bob Marley song at church? Like I said, I look for, and I want to see, where's the hope? Where's the joy? Where's the beauty in any song? Now, did you pick up in the verse, it says, three little birds perched by my doorstep. They're singing sweet songs of melodies, pure and true, and saying, this is my message for you. What does it say in Matthew? Matthew 6, look at the birds of the air. They do not reap or sow or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. How much more valuable are you? Can you add any more to your life with worry? 
No. Don't worry about a thing. Because everything's going to be all right. If we are the, the children of the creator of the universe, we don't have to worry. Now, please understand, worry is different than concern and care, right? Because I've known people who've wanted to approach this life with like, you know, absolutely no worries. And so they don't give any kind of cares or concerns. They don't prepare. They don't take care of themselves. They don't do. That's not what we're talking about, right? The worry is what gets inside us and that wraps us up and ties us up and, and can even paralyze us. That's the worry. But when we're using care and concern and address the issues in our lives, in the world around us, in our community, that's the type of concern and care that prepares, prepares us to be free to serve. I do believe that worry may be one of the biggest inhibitors to the furthering of God's kingdom. Worry can bring on fear. It brings on prejudice. It makes us draw fences around us for protection or even literally put fences around where we're at. And we define, not Jesus, but we define who's in and who's out. The freedom that is being talked about in this passage is freedom which allows for serving others. Serving those around us through our time, through our action, and through our finances. How do we serve people through time? When we can learn to just be with others. To not have to have an agenda. When we can learn to listen to the conversation, not to respond, but to hear what they're saying, where they're at, what's happening in their lives. Then we can listen and respond more fully. Serving others through our actions. As Mennonites, we love this one. Let's go work at the depot or let's help with the relief sale or let's go on an MDS trip. That's wonderful. We're, we're actually pretty good at this one. If we were to look at Mennonites as a whole, we're pretty good at this one. When you are free, you can look for not only those opportunities that just get presented from the pulpit or what you see come across a newsletter or email, but when you're free from worry, from concern, from the things that, that hold us back in life, when you're free from that, you can look and see what is God doing in the world around me? What are the things happening in my neighborhood? What are the things happening in, in the people that I'm interacting with, even at the grocery store or the store or in those places where we serve? What is God doing and how can I join in? Through our finances, I get the joy of walking with people as they look at trying to see how do I bring my finances, my financial decisions, and my faith together. And I believe that when we fully understand that all I am and all that I have are from God, and worry should not be present. Care, concern, planning, those are all good. But not worry. You can plan to serve others with your finances, whether you have a little or a lot. So our challenge, as we think about this freedom to serve, our challenge is to love and to truly trust that God has got this. I love that. God has got this. No matter how you step out, what you do, 
to love and trust God, to not worry about a thing, to love others where they're at in the way that you'd like to be loved, and to help one another do this together. Help your pastors continue to walk alongside Doug and Wes and the staff, the sponsors, everyone that's involved here at church, your Sunday school teachers. Support them, walk together, so that together we can learn, we can lean, I'm sorry, on one another. Learning to be vulnerable, learning to love, and to serve God and others freely.